0: Hello, HCI learners, welcome to another episode of Nine to Thrive HR, a podcast for the most pressing issues facing talent management today, a podcast that allows you to hear from experts and practitioners in the field of HR. I'm Holly Pennebaker, HCI's Digital Content Program Manager and your host. If you're listening on iTunes, be sure to give us a rating. It does help other talent-minded people discover the program. In this podcast, part two of Profinda's two-part series, turning workforce guesswork into talent science, we sit down with Aunt Cousins, Director of Customer Success at Profinda, to take a look at the topic that many of our listeners often struggle with, ensuring success when it comes to embracing and then implementing new solutions to help manage talent data. So, Ant, how about saying hello to everyone and telling us just a bit about yourself?
1: Sure. Hi, yeah, I'm Anne Cousins, the Director of Customer Success at Profinder. Um, my background is now over 17 years uh, in enterprise IT communications and the employee engagement space. Uh, I actually started out at the Ministry of Defense in the UK um, in IT service management and worked up into application development, then into web design, and then into project management. And then after seven years, I said you've got to do something different. So uh, I actually got into the MED press office and end up in Iraq and Afghanistan doing external communications and public relations for the the British Armed Forces in Helmand province. Um, And after I did that, I did um, kind of what I would call normal employee roles uh, in the Ministry of Defense, which actually now, I look back on it, I found extremely valuable. Um, I think being able to put yourself in the mindset of an average employee, you know, being super busy, stressed at work, just needing your services to work, um, I can put myself in that mindset because I've been there. Um, And that particular experience has been really helpful for me over the last seven years, which is where I've ended up kind of specializing uh, in enterprise level change management, mainly around the topics of, of talent and expertise finding.
0: Thank you, Ant. And if you have not heard part one of this podcast series, just a reminder, you can check it out online via the ProFinda webpage. In part one, we reflected on a number of findings that Profinder released during their November 16 webinar, Harnessing the Power of Data, how do we leverage our opportunities for success? Which highlighted that capturing strategic people data wasn't essential, but often mismanaged processes with many organizations, often because there wasn't consistency across departments about who should manage this. In this podcast, we'll look at when you've got your data in order, how will you utilize it? Especially when you're looking at the rapid expansion of available solutions in the talent space. And at this time, we'll get some answers straight from Ant. So Ant, now as a professional working in the talent space, let's say that you've managed to work out what data you have, and now you're looking into solutions to help manage this talent data. Where do you begin?
1: Um, sure. It's, yeah, it's a huge question um, right now. and I think the, the very thing I to kind of take an approach or a concept to drive everything else you do is don't hold back on your ambitions. Um, I think what we've seen with the influx of new technologies that you mentioned, the increasing use in artificial intelligence, um, I guarantee you that as much as you can imagine you can do with your data, if it isn't existing right now, it's going to exist this year. If you have that, that need, it's pretty much going to exist. Um, the challenge is finding um, the, right, the right supplier, the right vendor um, to do that kind of work for you. So I think if, if there's anything that drives you, it don't hold back on your ambitions. Um, But I think that is super tough for HR. You know, after years of really struggling to get employee data into the management solutions, getting really poor quality data, um, I think we've ended up kind of weary and cynical um, about the potential for getting good data. We now kind of basically we're we're, um, drawing down our own kind of bars of success um, because of our previous experience. And we shouldn't. We've we've got to aim high if we're going to drive that bar up. Um, and And that is possible. So the tech is out there. Artificial intelligence is core. These days, um, you got the solutions entering the space more from the, I think, the BTC space in the, really, the, the more um, employee-friendly spectrum of tech solutions coming into the business, and that's really shaking things up. You've got some real disruption going on in the main, main service providers. So um, don't hold back in your ambitions, um, and don't, um, don't be afraid, I think, of going out and finding the best possible fit, even if it's a brand-new provider. Um, another aspect to think about is the difference between explicit data uh, and implicit data. And I think this is also kind of a guiding force for our decision making these days, um, which is around, I think, in the past, HR or the, or the view of HR on employee data. Um, I think because a lot of it does drive payroll and it drives um, kind of serious decisions, it drives a lot of uh, kind of legal liabilities. Um, it's been, we need 100% certainty on the data. Um, and I think that approach is driven across the entire employee profile. Um, but it shouldn't. I mean, that does need to be the case when you've got, you know, what is is their legal entity name? What is, you know, their payroll? That's definitely certain of that. But it comes to employee skills, um, their interests, their passions, um, their experiences, you know, who they know, other things which are useful to the business. um, It's hard to get explicit data points on that. Um, So I think this is where we're seeing a change in approach or um, really a new guiding force, um, which is um, don't set that bar so high for that kind of data. Um, Look at the actual use case, look at the need for the data and adjust that bar accordingly. So, yeah, those are my my three points, Um, you know, don't hold back on ambitions, don't be scared of going to new providers, um, and definitely make sure you have understood the potential of your implicit data as well as your explicit.
0: Thank you, Ant. So, are you seeing your clients become more open to new types of tech, especially those that don't just focus on holding static forms of HR data?
1: Uh, definitely. I think, I think it's huge right now. I think uh, we're seeing a real um, movement from those quite utilitarian technical solutions um, that, that have often lived on premise for many years. Um, they're normally pretty painful user experiences, um, by that I mean the end user. Um, and they, they tend to be bought and designed um, by the central functions, you know, HR by HR tools to, to benefit HR. Um, and the, the focus, uh, the employee centricity isn't, isn't really there. Um, and I think that, that's changing across the whole suite, across the whole stack of enterprise um, technology. we are seeing much more kind of um, technology coming in from uh, the outside where people are using technology in their personal lives. You know, people are used to using Facebook, Twitter, uh, and more engaging uh, applications. And these days, those things iterate so quickly. Um, user experience gets very good very quick. Um, and that's what people expect now. Um, so I think um, there is a growing realization that employees have, have quite a lot of power um, in that they can choose what they do in their, in their daily basis. So if you provide them with technology which they actually enjoy using, um, that they actually find useful and beneficial in their day jobs, um, then you're going to get more of that data. Um, and you know, with those solutions, I think we're seeing more and more. Um, AI is built in a standard. Um, so you're learning because you're getting more interactions. Um, so more interactions, more data. Um, so I think that that's the, the change we're seeing. is definitely more a focus on using... Um, forward gleaming, user-centric tools, um, inspired by B2C type technology coming into the business market. Um, and we're seeing that, yeah, we're seeing that more and more.
0: Now you've chosen the right solution. This is just the start, right? There are many of companies bringing on new types of tech, but the integration and utilization of that tech often fails. In your experience, why is that? And can you talk me through your experience of successful adoption in this space? and what frameworks you rely on to ensure success?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. I think um, there's three key points um, that I would like to, to bring out here. I think first is uh, be clear on your own benefits um, and set them set them really high, as, as I previously outlined. Two is be clear on the benefits to the user, align with their win conditions. And three, engage with with your internal comms or internal comms function. Uh, and I'll, I'll break all this down, but I think those are the, the, the three top, top points. So firstly around kind of being clear on your benefits, um, I'd say, HR needs to engage with a much broader range of stakeholders um, than they currently are in terms of that employee profile, to make sure they're setting that bar really high in terms of the, the overarching business benefits, not just the benefits to HR uh, from that data, because every department needs user data. Uh, business development needed to know um, where people have come from and where they've worked and who they've worked with, because they want to use that information in pitches or proposals. They want to use that to win work. That's what the business is about. Um, operational staff, really, I mean, people in their day jobs, and I, I know I experience this. They need to find the right person to help them with, with any given problem on any given day. You know, real tactical business issues, the actual um, churn of, of the business itself. Um, you know, from our own research, that was our report came out last year that on average, um, in a knowledge workers um, in, a, in a knowledge workers year, they're spending a month of their year just looking for each other. Um, As a month of their salary gone, um, just looking for each other, that's, that's the kind of problem that people are facing in, in, in everyday situations, because they haven't got good profiling, because they, can, they can't do effective search. Um, resourcing is another area of the business where, you know, knowing where you are getting your employees from, where they're going to, um, knowing who they know, um, resourcing functions really looking to, to cut down on external recruitment fees and do more direct resourcing, do more you know, social referral um, resourcing. So um, other parts of business are desperate for good employee data. Um, so I think HR, you know, in terms of setting the business benefits, really needs to engage with all of those areas of business and set that bar really high. Um, and there's a benefit to doing that, right? So if you engage um, with all those other parts of the business, you set that bar really high, you get their support, you get their buy-in. Um, no longer are you fighting against the business to get your product in. You're explaining the benefits to them, to their business, and you, and, and you working with them. Um, but the flip side of that is there is a risk, right? If, if HR um, doesn't take that approach, if HR is competing with, um, with tools inside the business and saying, you know, of, of the light like of, you know, what we want to own, the authoritative source of data or employees and all data, um, then that really becomes a competitive tension for um, the business units who need to do their jobs. Um, and so that's where we call, I think we sometimes have some conflict with HR and the other departments. Um, is because there is that, that competitive tension between HR trying to own and, in effect, sometimes lock down that profile, control it, set that, really, that bar really high in terms of accuracy. It's got to be 100%. And the business doesn't need 100%. The business needs 60 70% in terms of certainty in some of the data to make better decisions. So, um, yeah, so that, that, that first point, set your bar really high, engage with a broader, broader range of people. Um, in terms of that second point being clear on the benefit of the user, um, as I've kind of alluded to, the data using a big stick to, to force users to fill out their profiles, they're, they're dead and gone. Um, you can't win discretionary effort with a, with a stick approach. Um, they'll do the minimum, they'll tick the box, but they're not going to give you the extra effort, um, mainly because their, their expectations of, the, of systems that they use inside um, business these days has gone up. You know, They're used to using technology in their own lives, which is far, far more intelligent and far more useful uh, and usable than the kind of technology they find in the workplace. And that annoys them. It makes them frustrated. Um, so, I think, you know, you've got to be looking for technologies that um, align with their benefits, um, make it actually useful in their day jobs, um, then it, it'll be easier for them, they'll use it more, and then for you get, you get the data, um, etc. cetera. Uh, the third point around engaging with the telecoms, this is something you don't hear, you know, I don't think it's talked about that much, I think it should talk about a lot more, um, but effectively. We're in an increasingly competitive space, as you, as you mentioned in your first question. Um, vendors buying for space inside your business in what I call the war of clicks. Um, each vendor, you know, I, I work for a vendor, we're all doing it. We're all competing for your employees to spend more time in, in our product than someone else's product. Because if they spend more time in our product, we get to demonstrate more ROI. Um, we get to justify our contract. We get to stay longer in the business. You know, that's That's how business works. Um, and we do that in subtle ways. Sometimes we do it through the applications themselves, you know, advertising, engaging. We, you know, for the ones that have a high touch approach, you know, like we do, we spend time in the business, understanding it, getting to know users, making making friends with them so we can help them more. Um, and other companies are either doing the exact same thing. Um, but that level of drive ambition for making the maximum ROI from the product doesn't often come from the center of the business. Um, I think what we've seen, you know, in past years, when HR Um, or any other central function is um, putting technology into the business, especially when it's seen as that technology is being critical to the user. Effectively, they have to use it, and they don't have any choice. Um, Then that same level of promotion, that same level of ambition to drive um, clicks to that to get usage uh, doesn't doesn't happen. Um, And then effectively, you've got um, got a problem um, because the employee themselves is basically being driven, their priority is being driven by the vendors. Um, so you know the vendors are setting the agenda effectively for your company's um, effective utilization of those products, which can't be the right way around. Um, so my, my approach would be engage with internal comms, work out what that landscape is internally, be clear on the purpose of each of the products, even if it's outside of your space, uh, and be clear on the value proposition, be clear on the amount of usage you actually need to get the, the ROI you, you determined, and make sure that adds up to a whole you know, uh, whole picture, and promote that properly. Um, don't let the vendors set the agenda for you. Um, but in doing that, you're going to have to do some really basic stakeholder analysis. You know, that's part, of, part and parcel of doing a good internal comms job uh, is, is the benefit analysis. What is the benefit to the user of doing this? And that, I think, bringing it all back is about employee centricity. Um, so if you're going to be successful these days, you've got to make sure that the employee is getting something out of what you want to get something out of. You've got to align those win conditions. So if you do that, if you've got the right technology for making it super easy for them, um, you've aligned those win conditions. You've set the bar high in terms of the benefits, and you're working in terms of a good, you know, solid, joined up picture uh, of the internal landscape. Then you're you're onto a you know you're onto a good start. You know, those obviously just top lines. It is a bigger question than that, but hopefully those top three lines are going to be helpful.
0: Well, that's all we've got time for today. We thank Ant for joining us. If you'd like to connect with Ant to discuss any of the topics we covered in this series, you can email him at antony.cousins at profinda.com. We like to close by thanking our listeners who joined us today. We appreciate your time with Profinda and HCI. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast if you enjoyed what you heard. You can find HCI on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Smart Radio, and on the YouTube channel, HCI Talent. For Nine to Thrive and all of us here at HCI, thank you for joining us.